And I literally took a leap of faith, jumped out that plane and was like, you know what? I'm not being fearful of anything else. I know what recruiting looks like. I'm sick of driving way across town. I'm going to turn to this notice. And then my mom was like, okay, well, let's talk this out. You're listening to Side Hustle Pro, the podcast that teaches you to build and grow your side hustle from passion project to profitable business. And I'm your host, Nikayla Matthews-Okome. So let's get started. Hey, hey, guys. Welcome, welcome back to the show. Today in the guest chair, we have Khadija K. Polly, the owner and pop proprietor of K's Kettle Corn, a gourmet company based out of Houston, Texas. She's also a speaker, the author of Pop Coins, How to Make $500 a Month with a Home-Based Popcorn Business, and the founder of Popcorn CEOs, which stands for Children's Economic Opportunities Program, where she visits schools to teach students about entrepreneurship based on the principles of supply chain management. Khadija also consults budding food business entrepreneurs on how to market and sell their products. How cool. You're doing a lot, Miss Khadija. <laughs> I know. Anything to do with food and marketing and fun, that's me. <laughs> All right. Well, what is your earliest memory of having this entrepreneurial spirit? Oh, I would like on my own, probably like 10 years old, making bracelets, um, little beaded bracelets on the beach, Venice Beach in California with my sister. <laughs> like I literally like sold like two, but I just remember I was wanting to be an entrepreneur. Like my dad had a newsstand. So that was like cash money, you know, people coming in, picking up comic books and, and little gum and newspapers and then counting that cash and seeing the hustle and the bustle of it. Um, I think I was like like eight or 10. And you had that moment where you're like, you know what, I mm-hmm. want to do this entrepreneur thing. But of course, you didn't know it was called entrepreneurship, did you? Um, No, I just knew that both of my parents worked for themselves. Like my mom was a music teacher. She taught piano. And then my dad had that. And then, you know, later on, he had a restaurant. So okay. I just saw these things. And, you know, I always know that's something that I wanted to do. So then, of course, you did your own thing all through life, right? Or did you take a more traditional path? Um, Both, you know, um, coming out of straight out of college, like my undergrad is in marketing. A lot of my professors, they also had like businesses on side, be it a restaurant or gas station or something like that. So I knew that, you know. working entrepreneur was something that, you know, a lot of people did. And I never thought about it that way uh, until I got to college. Okay. What did you study in college? Marketing. Marketing. Oh, that, Mm -hmm. I'm sure that comes in handy. We'll get into that. (laughs) (laughs) So what was your initial career path and full-time job before starting to side hustle with your popcorn business? Um, I was a corporate recruiter in, um, oil and gas in Houston, Texas. So I did full cycle recruiting, recruiting everything from mailroom to senior petrophysicist. It just depends on what the requisition was. So yeah, it was pretty fun. I mean, I like it. Still deal and dabble a little bit um, on the contracting side because that's a tool that, you know, keep those tools sharp. Mm -hmm. Um, And instead of selling, um, pipe valves and fittings, which was I was doing in the oil and gas. I'm selling like sugar, popcorn, oil. It's the same principle. Now, how did you get into that? After studying marketing, what made you move to Texas to recruit people to work in oil and gas? Um, well, when I first moved to Houston, um, well, actually, 
after I graduated from college, I started grad school and was working at Michael's. Um, that was like one of my most favorite jobs ever. Oh, really? But I was working in the back in like, you know, as a, um, a floor manager. And so I did some of the human resource stuff there. Mm-hmm. So that's where I got my first taste of like human resources. And then I moved to Houston, you know, got with a, a staffing agency and they saw you have a little bit of human resources. So they put you in a, in a role as an HR assistant. Then it was HR generalist. And as a generalist, you kind of just do all of the things HR from like touching on employee relations and benefits and payroll and I, and recruiting. Yep. And so I just like the recruiting piece. So I focused on that. So what made you decide to start side hustling? Um, I've always had a side hustle. Even like I said, when I was um, working at Michael's after graduate school, I taught candle making classes there. And so um, I've always been like super crafty and I just like to make stuff and give stuff away or sell stuff. Yeah. Um, so you would consider yourself like a maker? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would make all kind of random, all kind of random <laughs> stuff. Um, I'm like never bored, never. And so um, I just knew that I wanted to have my own business one day. You know, it's interesting. Some people who come into the guest chair, they, you know, like you, never bored, can't sit still. And others just, they have this job that requires them to be super serious and they need this outlet to to embrace this other side of them that's really creative. So would you say it was the former or the latter, or a little bit of both? Um, no, I'm, even with recruiting, because I get to talk to people and you're basically selling the company because when you're recruiting people in the oil and gas industry, especially when it's hot, people move around from job to job. So you're basically taking employees from one job, one employer to the next, and you need to sell them on why this is your the best company to come to, to work for. And so um, there were some marketing skills used in that. And, you know, um, some, I've, although I've never worked on the, um, what side is it? The um, staffing agency, that's a commission based and it's almost like an entrepreneur, like you don't work, you don't eat kind of deal. Mm-hmm. So, um, no, I, I've always been in places that I can be creative, having to find the candidates, right? right. From literally places you like never even heard of, have to find these people. So you have to get creative okay. um, with your marketing. So it kind of worked out. Oh, that's interesting. I've never heard someone who, you know, works in human resources or human capital talk about it like that, you know, yeah. express that they're they're able to, to get creative. So that's really cool and, and, and a good way to think about it for anyone in that career or thinking about going down that path. So now... Let's get into Case Kettle Corn. I need to know why popcorn? How did that come about? Right? Random. Okay, so again, keep in mind you're talking probably to the one of the most random guests you've ever had. <laughs> so I had a um I was laid off from my uh corporate job. And so I've always had a side hustle of doing like I used to work with weddings and events um mm-hmm. when I was working at Michaels. And then so when I moved to Houston, um I started doing a little bit of party planning and wedding planning, and I had a, uh, what is it called? Resale shop, a wedding resale shop. Mm -hmm. I had a wedding resale shop in like this flea market type space. And I noticed that the only people who could sell food were the owners of the space. So that lets me know that's where, you know, money is in concessions. And I love popcorn. Um, 
we used to make it for our fathers and our uncles for Father's Day. Didn't think anything of it until later when my friend was like, you remember you made us popcorn in college? I made white chocolate popcorn balls in the microwave for Valentine's Day for my friends just randomly. Yeah. Giving it away. And so um, one day I was closing down my uh, wedding resale shop and I wanted some popcorn, but I didn't want to turn around and get it. I was like, oh, I can make this. Surely I can make this. Everything is on Google. I'll figure it out. And it was the kettle corn variety that you typically find like at fairs and flea markets and, um, you know, outdoor events. And so um, I Googled it and figured out how to make it indoors. And I changed out the oil, the popcorn, um, and the salt to kind of make it my own and, you know, figured it out that way and loved it, gave it to my friends. Um, and I always knew that in the back of my mind that, hmm, you know, popcorn, um, just the profit margin on it was is great. Uh, so I was like, oh, this would be a great business one day. Mm-hmm. But then uh, one day turned into my friends like, no, you need to do this now. <laughs> <laughs> and so but I want to make make this point that. Um, Again, I always knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. So I, but I didn't know what the product was, right? Yeah. So, like many of us. Yep. Yeah. So I, I knew that I wanted a product that was inexpensive to start, bring me repeat customers, and was consumable, which is kind of like um, candles, right? But candles for me, I don't know why I got out of candles because I'm always jumping around from stuff. But I, you know, from selling, I used to sell candles. Um, that would that that would fall into the the startup of you know inexpensive to start mm-hmm. consumable because people would burn it and they'll have to come back to you for it right and so then um, I guess that's why I put it in the universe and that's where popcorn came from and how did you come up with that criteria you know what. I think, I don't know where, but I'm sure it was from either a podcast or something searching from the internet, something that I saw um, or heard somewhere, and that just stuck with me. And I wish I knew where I got that from, but it makes so much sense. <laughs> yeah, it because does. I, yeah, um, just some somehow to keep those customers coming back. Because mm-hmm. again, I've sold t-shirts, I've sold, you know, all kind of stuff. But if, if I do like one wedding, they might come back to you for like a baby shower or something like that. But it'd be years later where there is with popcorn. I see these clients every month, every week, you know, yes. the same customers over and over again, which, you know, I created the subscription box, the okay. auto pop club, things like that. You know, all of the different avenues to keep getting there 20 bucks a month. Right. Uh-huh. And so um, it was a great product. My it's the same product I've been selling for five years. I have one product, yes, and it's working. So I'm it's not broke. So I'm, you know, <laughs> and, and you know, you mentioned how candles were consumable, but those take a while to burn out. Whereas popcorn, you pro- they probably eat it within the hour that they right. get it. So before they leave the event, before they're coming they back leave. to get another yes. bag. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. and you mentioned the profit margin. So well, first of all, what investment and in materials, like in equipment, were required to start? Well, um, I live in Texas, so they have um, a lot of places have it. It's called a cottage food law. Mm-hmm. So I was able to start at home on the stove. And with Texas at the time, um, if you can make up to $50,000 a, a year in your home before you have to get out into a commercial space. Okay. And as long as the product was... Um, non-hazardous, meaning it wouldn't spoil and things like that, you could do it at home. And popcorn fell into that category. Um, So I literally, your listeners literally probably have all of the ingredients to start. 
um, a pot <laughs> oil and salt and a stove. And yes. it's literally was that simple. And and that's what makes the profit margin so high, right? So mm-hmm. because you, yep. you did it all in your home, you didn't have to go get a commercial space yet. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, how did you start to market the products? And other than with, with your friends and, and mm-hmm. you know, people who knew you, how did you start to generate that buzz? Uh, well, a lot of it is word of mouth. Even mm-hmm. though they were my friends initially, like I did it at my line sister's baby shower, right? And so that's when they were like, Kadeesh, you need to do like a soft launch at homecoming. I'm like, I am, you know, and homecoming is huge. Um, I went to Grand Lake State University okay. and that's huge. Um, you know, so people coming back, you know, it's full of festivities and people need something to eat on the yard. People place their orders and I sold out. And so I was like, okay, I can do this. You know, I came back and that was the fall of 2012 what, 2012. Mm-hmm. So um, in 2013, I had a launch party, officially a launch party, um, where I invited my friends and my family to come out and they tested the products. They were super supportive. Everyone loved it. Um, so that's when it came to uh, the word of mouth. And working in human resources, I knew that um, on Fridays is more casual. You know, they have the whole casual Fridays. People will bring donuts and things like that. And so that's where I got the idea for Kettle Corn Fridays. Um, so something, something different in the break room for mm-hmm. the um, the staff. And I just from working in HR, I know they'll spend a lot of money on snacks. Yes. But speaking of HR, though, were you ever worried about, you know, bringing in your outside business to yep. work and how that would look and if mm-hmm. that would cause any drama. <laughs> oh my goodness. So like even when I do um, work at like for, was that 2013? I kept it under wraps. Like unless you knew me, yeah. knew me, I kept social media separate. I kept everything separate. Um, people, I would, wouldn't have my labels on my bag if somebody asked for it at work. But I don't, I don't even remember how somebody found out and they were like someone that was at an event and they had uh, my labels on the bag and they went to my social media site and pulled me to the side at work was like so you have a popcorn company and I was (laughs) yeah because Houston is like that is exactly how it started I was like well kind of yeah and so I was just like oh well the cat's out of the bag now but I kind (laughs) of asked him to keep it under wraps so it was like you know you have those cool co-workers you, you know so then it became like um I like this top secret thing. Do you have any popcorn? You know, coming to your desk, you have any popcorn? You were like but the supplier. Luckily, no one, it didn't get out of hand. Okay. Um, but yeah, you have to be definitely careful with that. I, I kept a lot of things separate. Yes. And I eventually told, you know, my my uh, coworkers and my supervisor. So. And how did that go over? Because I think that's something that a lot of us are intimidated by. I know for me, it was something where, you know, it, it just never... Not everyone is this, the same level of supportive. Mm-mm. So, yeah. Right. How did you do? So, um, luckily, I think it might have helped for me that my uh, my supervisors and I, we were, you know, besides the fact we were in the same sorority, I, I'm sure that helped. Um, they had their own things going on, too. So, they, they know how it is before, you know, you're telling everyone. You can't tell. Like, everyone at my job didn't know. I literally, until the day that I turned in my notice and they were like, what? You're leaving to start a popcorn company. 
they just knew I was going to a competitor and I was like, you know, I'm kind of kind of starting a popcorn company, you know, to work on my own thing full time. But yeah, be very cautious of that. I totally uh, get that. Um, but it worked out. They actually ordered popcorn for me afterwards and, you know, still to this day. Oh, nice. And, we're, you know, based on your experience at Michael's, I need to know if for your labels and your packaging, was this all mm-hmm. DIY at this point or were you yes. shipping in stuff? OK, no, initially it was all DIY. It was um, FedEx office print. Um, so I have a running joke with my friends who have literally been down. And I'm like, shout out to the people who've been down since black labels, because I had like <laughs> these black labels that I did, you know, on my computer, Microsoft Word and- uh-huh. So, like, that's the running joke. It's like, oh, I've been down since Black Labels. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I haven't seen yeah, the Black Labels. Yeah. But, you know, what's interesting to me is, okay, so you start Case Kettle Corn. How did you know how to price it? And even though, mm-hmm. you know, based on how many, how much quantity you can make in one batch and, and how you can, you know, portion it out and sell it. Right. Yeah. How did you decide how much you want to make up in a bag, how much you would price it at and all of that good stuff? Okay. Um, well, that, to be honest, if I just literally looked at my competition and see what they were doing. You know, I did the the missions to going into the other popcorn companies and everybody had the same price, around about the same price. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're all getting our stuff from bulk suppliers because popcorn is heavy to ship. So nine times out of 10, they're getting it locally. Right. Mm-hmm. And so if we're all getting from the same supplier, we're all getting, you know, selling the same thing. I mean, I did. I'm like, they've been in law business longer than me. They know. Clearly, it's <laughs> clearly it's working for them. It's, yes. You know. And that's a major hack for everyone. You, There's always someone you can study and reverse engineer a bit. Obviously, right. you can't study them enough to get all of their secrets and every right. single thing they do. But you can research and really to really understand how the business works, um, what they're doing, why they're doing it. And if it didn't work, wh- why you think it didn't work. And that's always fascinating to me with podcasting. So you also mentioned that they're all doing the same thing. Now, how did you stand out and differentiate mm-hmm. yourself among these customers if, you, you know, you're doing a lot of the same things as the competition? Well, one, and um, I make kettle corn, right? So a lot of there's a co- lot of companies who have tons of different flavors, which is great. Some of those people are like you know, super into popcorn and I'm not popcorn. Yeah. I'm super into popcorn with all those different flavors. That's their thing. What literally stands, sets me apart is I only do kettle corn. Yes. I love kettle corn. And by the way, yes, this is making me hungry. <laughs> I'm totally yeah, going to send you some. I love kettle corn. Okay. Like it's the best, it's sweet and salty mm-hmm. and it's the best thing they have it at the fairs. Like people lining up for this. Um, and I don't have any waste because, again, although I love popcorn and my popcorn is so good, mm-hmm. I'm still a businesswoman. And I can just think about like how sometimes, you know, bakeries will have the, the next day old, you know, day old sale or something like that. I don't have waste like that because I only have one product. Mm-hmm. And if you order all of this popcorn and you don't come get it, that's OK, because somebody it's the same product. I just got to package it differently. Yeah. Somebody else can come get it. So that's my hack. And then um, with marketing, um, when I first started out, I had like uh, my natural hair is popping. Like I still have those shirts and people, and then my license plates was popping. Everything was popping. Like <laughs> saying signs, everything like that. And I did um, melanin popping. I did a lot of like natural hair events and things like that. And I would stand out. 
um, that way just because I had like signs that would say like my personality is popping, my natural hair is popping, my lip gloss is popping, my locks are popping. They would be able to take pictures with these signs. Yeah. Right? So it was an interactive booth versus that. just like, oh, what is this? Right. Yeah. And so I would ask them to, I would take the picture on my phone, you know, when they would pick the sign, they actually love to look through the signs to say, oh, you know, like today I'm filling my twist out. Right. Mm-hmm. So they would say my twist out is popping and I would take a picture of them and um, say, oh, what's your what's your name? I'll find you on social media and tag you. So, of course, they're going to want to um, repost the pic because they're in it. Right. So that's how that works. <laughs> and as your business grew, how did you balance full time and side hustle? For example, you know, are you shipping on your lunch break? Are you doing yes. um, uh, events only on the weekend? Yes. How does this work? <laughs> oh my goodness. So for the first two years, well, year and a half, for the first year and a half, you know, I was doing both. I'm so thankful that my family is super supportive. My, If I couldn't make something, my sister was able to make it because again, it was uh, a simple process where I got my um, standard operating procedures, my SOPs together. It just was like, this is the way to make it. And that's it. Like, don't deviate from this. This is how to do it. And they're super supportive. And we're like, where can I help? But I distinctly remember the day that I was just like over it. Like I was running across town on my lunch break, dropping off popcorn at this store. Um, It was called Sweet Dreams Gourmet. I will never forget and um, they were carrying my popcorn. I was stuck in traffic, about to be late. And I was just like, I'm over it. <laughs> so I called my mom and I was like, okay, I need you to talk me off the ledge. And she's like, what are you about to do? And I'm like, I think I'm going to turn in my notice. What? And then she was like, what? Yeah. So um, it was a couple of weeks after I went skydiving. I went skydiving for my my 34th birthday. And I went skydiving. My sister, again, who was down for whatever, she's, we both went skydiving. And that was the day I was just like, you know what? Sometimes people, you know, need that push. Um, some people will go on a trip or some people, you know, will just meditate or something that'll to get them to just take that leap. And I literally took a leap of faith, jumped out that plane and was like, you know what? I'm not being fearful of anything else. I know what recruiting looks like. I'm sick of driving way across town. I'm going to turn in this notice. And then my mom was like, okay, well, let's talk this out. Uh And so she was just like, well, what is this? And she was, I went, she asked all the questions and she was like, well, sounds like you got it all planned out. Just let me know what you need me to do. So I, I gave like a that. two month notice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, um, you know, the couple of days right before um, my last day, they were like, are you sure? And I'm like, yeah, I'm kind of sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then so now it got real after, you yes. know, I, yes. I quit. So. Mm-hmm. Hey, guys, it's Nikayla here with a quick word from our sponsors. No one ever told me when I started side hustling that I would need to be my own web designer, my own email marketing guru, my own social media manager, you name it. Luckily, I found Skillshare and now I'm able to learn all of these new skills every single day to help me in my business and to keep me on point. Skillshare is an online learning community for creators like me and you. It has over 25,000 classes in subjects like blogging, like social media marketing and advertising, web design, and now even podcasting. That's right. 
I recently created the How to Start Your Own Podcast course on Skillshare so you can learn all of my secrets, how to get started as a podcaster, plus so much more. And huge thanks to Skillshare for having a special offer just for Side Hustle Pro listeners. You can get two months of unlimited access to Skillshare for free. To sign up, go to Skillshare.com slash Side Hustle Pro. That's Skillshare.com slash Side Hustle Pro. One more time, that is Skillshare.com slash Side Hustle Pro. I remember when I first turned my side hustle into a business. It was no easy feat. It took a lot of commitment, working before and after work, and even on my lunch break. Bottom line, I always had something to do. So why not make things a little easier? Well, our friends at FreshBooks have the solution. FreshBooks invoicing and accounting software is designed specifically for small business owners. It's simple, intuitive, and keeps you way more organized than having your own little Excel spreadsheet or checking your bank account every minute. FreshBooks lets you create and send professional-looking invoices in 30 seconds and then get paid two times faster with automated online payments. Plus, file expenses even quicker and keep them perfectly organized for tax time. And the best part? FreshBooks grows alongside your business, so you'll always have the tools you need when you need them without ever having to learn accounting. Try it free for 30 days, no catch and no credit card required. Go to freshbooks.com slash side hustle pro and enter side hustle pro in the how did you hear about us section to get started. So, you know, that first of all, we don't have many people who literally take a leap out of an airplane. <laughs> a lot of people use that as, <laughs> yeah. you know, uh, what's it called? The metaphor. A metaphor, right. <laughs> a lot of people use that as a metaphor, but to literally have jumped out of plane and then just kind of days later have that aha, like, okay, yeah. this, is, this, is, this has to happen. But yeah. were you ready in, in terms of knowing what you know now, would you have done anything differently before you left? Yes, I would have had my, um, I probably would have um, had more of my Kettle Corn Fridays contracts like for sure before I stepped out. But I mean, I, I saved enough money to where, um, you know, I wasn't going to be homeless or broke or anything like that. So I, I had money saved. It wasn't just like, I just was like, okay, tomorrow is it. And then I gave that proper notice. But the only thing I probably wish I would have done, uh, probably had a few more of those recurring contracts. And uh, even though I have a popcorn business, it's a lot of money in recurring money, like those same customers over and over again. I probably should have done that. So what did you do in the interim as you, you know, the day after you quit, like what was, what was your business plan? So the day after I quit, I went and talked to that store that I was in and I was like, Hey, um, you know, anybody who needs, who has some commercial space? Cause I didn't have a commercial space yet. Okay. <laughs> and so they were like, um, it worked out that we were able to share some space and that's networking is huge. You know, I was in her store for like a year um, and so networking is huge. And, you know, we started to share that space mm-hmm. and I um, focused on fundraisers because that was a that was big money real quick. Right. And little kids are the best sellers <laughs> because people want to buy from them. So I, I focused on fundraisers and I worked with different schools to get that. And so I was fine after that. And again, because of the profit margin of popcorn, it all worked out. But 
I mean, this is the hardest I've ever worked, like okay. ever. Um, but you just got to be consistent. And uh, I was consistent and I had those repeat, literally repeat customers and word of mouth. And it just worked out for me. And I always knew in the back of my mind, some entrepreneurs say not to do this, but for me, I knew I could always get another job. You know, I had a degree, you know, I had experience. Um, if Walmart's always hired, you know, so I yeah. never had that, that that fear in the back of my mind that I was going to like fail. Fail. Now, did you move into a commercial space to start making this popcorn commercial kitchen? Yes. Okay. So once you're selling, like, depending on the cottage food laws, you have to be in a commercial space. So going through all of that with the, the city to get, you know, the permits and things like that, um, that was a learning curve too. Um, but thankfully, you know, we got through it and it all worked out. Um, but yeah, after, if you're going to sell to like the stores and things like that, you have to be in a commercial space. Okay. And when you say mm-hmm. recurring customers, are these people who are recurring coming to the store or are they buying online now? Yeah. So they're buying online. I have a, um, a subscription box. Um, it's called uh, Auto Pop Club. And so it's $20 or $40 a month and it ships straight to your door. So those um, people, it's the same product, you know, some mm-hmm. people use it to give to work. Uh, so I have those. And then I have my friends who work for, um, you know, corporations and throughout Houston, uh, whenever they have events, they're like, oh, because again, corporations and these companies spend a lot of money on food. Yeah. And my, and popcorn is a billion dollar industry. So you know, everybody loves popcorn. I love that. Auto Pop Club. That is so smart. Auto, yeah, the auto Listen, pop you're going to have mm-hmm. everybody, including me, trying to start a popcorn business. Listen, that's, that's how I started. It's enough out there for us. Yeah. That's how I started Popcorns, how to make yes. $500 a month with a home-based popcorn business, right. that ebook, And we will be linking to the ebook, y'all. Yeah. I think I wrote it in 2015, 16. Mm-hmm. Um, it's on Amazon and I have customers all over the world from that. Okay. And it's literally, they'll read that and then they'll email me for coaching Okay, like, after that. And I'm here for all the answers because it's fun to me. Yeah. Like, talking about it is so fun because there's so much you can do with popcorn. What is the hardest part though? Everything sounds so good. What's the catch? What is the most challenging thing about this business? Is to keep those repeat customers. Like, um, you have to find the people. So um, if nobody knows that you make popcorn, then and you then they don't know where to get it from, right? Mm-hmm. And so you have to get out there. Um, you're going to take some losses on, on a lot of these events, you know, especially when you're a food vendor because there's a lot of vendors out there. Um, you got to do your research on which ones to, to go to. Um, you know, you got to have your insurance because you are dealing with food that, you know, but I skip mine is so simple to where it's so simple. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. When people ask me, I'm like, yeah, that's kind of what I did. But um, I know you have your standard way that you you have that now in writing. You share it with everybody of how to make it. But is, does the actual process ever get challenging? Like you have to throw out batches. What's that like? Yes. So, um, again, because I do kettle corn and you're working with sugar, it can burn if you're not paying attention. Um and popcorn is hot, you know, um, the, and the equipment, um, commercial equipment can be expensive. Um, but when you, once you've got your product down to a science or you have your five flavor flavors or whatever it is, just do more of what works. 
like I, t- I have to remind myself not to get too crazy um, and, and get my issue is, uh, again, finding those customers, keeping those customers happy, um, you know, and ha- making sure your bags, the heart, you know, one, one challenge was packaging. Packaging was a challenge because I don't have preservatives in my popcorn. Um, you were going to want to make sure. And I didn't know how to describe the bag that I was looking for. I'm like, no, the, the crinkly tortilla chip bag. Like, I didn't know how to, <laughs> how to describe it, you know, and then it's like polyethylene. You know, it's just different levels to what you're trying yes. to do. Um, so trying to figure out the shelf life. And, you know, when I was in the stores for Kroger, you're like sitting up there with, you know, people who have millions of dollars behind their brand, right? And here I am sitting right next to it, which was amazing for me. That experience was so amazing. But again, I'm looking at the back of their products, trying to figure out where they got their bags and Googling. And, you know, Google is your best friend, but packaging is going to be, if you're thinking of starting a popcorn company, it's going to be the, um, probably one of the challenges because that is really what sets you apart. Um, it, if I'm sitting here with a chip bag and it's closed up and you're, you know, you're not looking for K's kettle corn, you're going to walk past it. Right. So, um, for me, I found the best way is direct sales, okay. um, for me, but if you're local, you know, you can, you can totally own your area, right. It, in, in, in the, in the local grocery store that you're in, just have to do your tastings and things like that. Did really well. Did really well with that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, how do you keep yourself focused when, you know, you've always been this creative person who's thinking of new ideas and with the signs and things that you make, it would be so, I, I think it would be a natural progression to want to do merchandise and all this other mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. So how do you keep yourself focused on the bottom line and not start adding all these right. expenses? <laughs> right, right. Um, so the latest expense that I added was the t-shirts again. Okay. And I'm like, uh, I'm selling these shirts, but i still, when it comes to the profit, I'm still making more money off of, uh, popcorn than I am the shirts, yeah. but the shirts is branding. Literally, uh, I have to be like, okay, Khadija, you don't need that. <laughs> Literally, right, or right. like, I'm like, oh, I could do this, or oh, I could do that, and everything's popping, and, but thankfully, I, it, I can change it up with like labels, uh, which are inexpensive, um, but again, the flavors, you know, if I, Everyone wants you, to, you have to focus on what you know your bottom line is because people can get real crazy wanting you to try all of these flavors Oh yeah, and they're not going to, and they don't want to pay for nuts and, and chocolate, you know, it's like, okay, well, you have to make sure that they're going to pay for that. That's the other, that's the hardest thing for me to do is to charge people. I don't know why when I'm in it to make money, but like, I'm like, oh, I'll talk myself out of people. Well, they're not going to want to buy that because it costs this, but people will. Just stay focused. When you say it's hard to charge people, are you talking about when you're, you know, doing B2B sales or because I know someone's not walking up to your vending booth and you're like, oh, okay, here, you can have it for free. (laughs) No, no, no. Like when it's hard to charge people, like when they want like additional stuff. Okay. Right. Like, oh, and I'm like, okay, this is the only reason why I make kettle corn is because, you know, I just was like, would I want to buy that for like $10 for that, you know, for one small bag because other ingredients are expensive. Okay. (laughs) But there's 
tons of people out there who are making that. I talk myself out of a lot of stuff. As Good. creative as I am, yeah. I talk myself out of a lot, doing a lot of stuff. We have to do that, right? Yeah. But it is it hard. It's a hard mm-hmm. balance between, but I'll always remember, um, I think a point of advice that I heard was, you know, just because other people are doing it doesn't mean it's right. the right thing for you to do. So, like, really, really try to stay focused because mm-hmm. it might be a similar industry. It might be the same industry and it might work for them. But that doesn't mean you have to do, you know, the right. exact same thing. Like we talked about reverse engineering. It doesn't mm-hmm. mean you have to do literally the same exact thing as another business. So, right. It's, that's such a good thing to know. So what's next for Case Kettle Corn and Khadijah? Oh, what's next? So I just came back from Ghana over the holidays. Okay. So I'm, oh my God, and I loved it. So while my warehouse is running here, I'm looking at international expansion. Okay. And then um, I do um, an event called Popcorn and Poetry. We're on number seven, volume seven seven this year, um, where it literally was an event, again, staying in my own lane, doing what works for me, me being creative. I wanted a space to where I could sell my popcorn and have an audience. So um, I created popcorn and poetry to literally only sell popcorn and drinks and it sells out. And I'm looking to take that on the road to different states. My friends are like, you need to bring that here. So I'm looking at New Orleans and Dallas um, and St. Louis for the next cities uh, to bring popcorn and poetry to. Love it. Love it. Mm -hmm. So now let's jump into the lightning round. You just answer the first thing that comes to mind. You ready? Okay. All righty. So what's the top resource you can think of that has helped you in your business that you can share with the Side Hustle Pro audience? Um, top resource, the small business administration in your city, they often have classes um, and experts who come from like major corporations that give you a lot of free, free or cheap advice. Okay. I like that. Now, what's been the best business book or podcast episode that you've consumed this year? Um, episode this year, you know, this is going to sound like real teacher's petty, but Side Hustle Pro, <laughs> literally. So when you started, I would be in my warehouse having, because it would just be me in there having this on speaker and I would just like binge listen to all of them. And you pick up, you know, even if it's something that you didn't think that was your topic, you literally will pick up something from one of those podcasts. And I don't know, like, again, I don't know which podcast I got that from or internet, but the the consumable, inexpensive, and, you know, that I picked up from somewhere. So okay. just listen to podcasts. If it's in your, and Side Hustle Pro is a great one because a lot of us are starting, you know, somewhere and we're usually at work when we're starting. So yours was real because it wasn't like you were telling real stories yes but so what about a business book and thank you for that by the way i really really i'm glad it's working (laughs) yeah a business book um i think i would do um not specifically business but rich dad poor dad by robert kiyosaki that always sticks in my head because my end game is still to be uh you know one of these entrepreneurs who just waits on a check Okay. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, as much as I love hustling, mm, yes. <laughs> my goal is to be on a beach somewhere all the time. All the time. All <laughs> right. Number three, who is a black woman entrepreneur that motivates you to keep going and why? One person I would have to say, 
got to pick one. I know everyone always says Oprah, but I know. So no, 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 Oprah, no, Oprah, no, Oprah. No, Oprah, okay. <laughs> um, well, you know what? Um, Magic Johnson is someone who else, someone else I follow. And recently I've been looking at... Um, what is um, Nas recently? Okay, because Nas and Ray J. I know random, like, cause they're into like, they're they're musicians, right? But they're into a lot of different things, and I think that sometimes we can get um, caught up by thinking we have to stay in one lane when it comes to diversifying our businesses. Yes. So those are two people that I look at. Okay, we're gonna allow the fellas in this time. <laughs> okay. Right. And Candy Burris too. Yes, but. Candy does her thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. number four. What is a personal habit that has helped you significantly in your business? Literally speaking things into existence in daily affirmations. I know it sounds so cliche, but I know that my words have power. And when we moved into my warehouse, my mom, she's a musician, so everything has to rhyme. But she came up, both of us, we were throwing out lines to... a. Um, an affirmation, which is all whole, all complete, nothing missing, nothing broken, right people, right place, right time, right checks. And that's something that I say all the time, especially when I have a big project coming up. Like, I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I need those right people, the right place, the equipment needs to be right. Everything needs to fall in place. So literally speaking things into existence keeps me focused on my goal. Uh, I love that so much. I will be I will be using that affirmation because mm-hmm. it's yeah. it's such yeah. an important reminder. And then mm-hmm. finally, what is your parting advice for fellow side hustlers turned entrepreneurs who may be stuck and just need to know how to keep going? Um, how to keep going. Literally look at where you were last year or last week. And if you're in that same position and used to having the same feeling, then you need to start. Because sometimes we're our own you know, we're our own roadblocks. People aren't putting roadblocks up. Literally, this time last year, I'm so glad that I've accomplished what I've accomplished. But there was years when I'm like, okay, I already know what recruiting looks like. I get it. Like, I want to do something else. Mm -hmm. So if you feel like you want to do something else and you're stuck, get unstuck. Like, send that email. If it's just an email, send that call. If it's just a call, start doing something that's going to push you in the direction to where you want to go. Sounds so simple and so cliche, but it's literally what you need to do and just be consistent with it. All right. Literally. That's that's it. it. That's Mm -hmm. it. That's all. Okay. So where can people connect with you after this episode? I am on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. um, Case Kettle Corn all across my website, casekettlecorn.com. Yeah. If you want to email me, k k at kskettlecorn.com, um, I'll have popcorn and poetry coming up and other events. And if you want help with coaching and in the same product, same process for a lot of different uh, food businesses, it's the same concept. It's just a different product. Thank you. And I can totally help with that. Yes. Mm-hmm. I love that you are turning your success into teaching others how mm-hmm. to have that success. So shout out to you. And guys, All of this will be linked in the show notes. So there you have it. Hey guys, thanks for listening to Side Hustle Pro. If you want to hear more from me, head on over to sidehustlepro.co forward slash side hustle corner to get my weekly side hustle diaries chronicles about my own journey from passion project to profitable business. 
And if you want to find me online, I'm at Side Hustle Pro on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Don't forget to join the Side Hustle Pro Facebook community. Go to sidehustlepro.co forward slash mastermind. And as always, if you love the show, do me a favor and subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. Thanks, guys. Talk to you next week. Thank you.